Welcome to The Manifesting Formula. I'm Christine Rizzo. I have a very special episode for you today, something that we really have never talked much about at all. We are talking about our kids and how they can drive us completely crazy. (laughs) What we can do so we can stay neutral and not let them affect us. I will give you a few tips that you can practice so you can feel good because you are a good parent. You're a great parent. But what we tend to do is think we are bad parents when our children don't behave how we want them to. So keep listening, my friends, because this episode is so good. Hello, my beautiful friends. How are you all doing today? How have you been? So tell me, did you like last week's episode on innocent negativity? I bet many of you didn't even realize that you were doing some of the things that I mentioned. I know I caught myself a few times driving in the car this past weekend and starting to say, I really don't like the front of the new. And then I stopped, paused for a moment and said, Is it really necessary for me to talk about that? Does it really matter that I don't find that attractive? And why do I need to talk about that? Who really cares? It's funny how the mind automatically wants to focus on what we don't like over what we do. Today, I have a special episode for you. We are going to talk about a topic that I know a lot of us have gone through and may still be going through. How to handle yourself when your kids are driving you crazy. something that definitely needs to get talked about because our vibrations can get really low if we don't know how to act as emotional adults. But before we get into today's episode, I would like you all to grab your journals and write a few new quotes down. Are you ready? Here we go. Number one, good things come to those who believe. Better things come to those who are patient. And the best things come to those who don't give up. So true, my friends. Number two, stop setting yourself on fire to keep someone else warm. Oh, how I love that one. Number three, when we can't control what's happening, challenge yourself to control the way you respond to what's happening. That's where your power is. This last quote that I just read is going to speak so much truth, especially with today's episode. Okay, it's time to come from a place of gratitude, a place of love. So tell me, my friends, what are you thankful for today? Say it with passion in your words. Today, I am so very grateful for body lotion because it keeps my skin so soft, smooth, and moisturized. I will never forget years back when I was in my 20s, I remember working one day at the spa that I used to work at when I was an esthetician, and one of my clients came in to get her arms and legs waxed. Yes, estheticians do all kinds of waxing besides facials. I have so many waxing stories, and we can save those for another time. Anyway, so my client came in to get waxed, and I said to her, you have the softest skin ever. It's so smooth. And she said to me, I never go a day without applying lotion to my body. Right after I get out of the shower, I apply my lotion. 
And from that day forward, I decided to do the exact same thing. And because I made that decision to take care of my skin, I now have really soft, smooth, silky skin myself. And it feels really good. So thank you, thank you for all the body butter, lotion, and moisturizer out there. I am truly grateful. Okay, my friends, let's get into today's episode, which is on kids and how they can drive us crazy. (laughs) Now, some of you have little kids, which I call littles, (laughs) and some of you have big kids, and some of you may not have kids at all, but this is still a great episode to listen to because you can do the work within yourself over family members, brothers, sisters, parents, anyone in your life. So don't think just because you don't have kids, this episode isn't for you. It still is. I happen to have big kiddos. And the truth is, no one can really drive us crazy but in our minds. Though we always think our children are the exception. (laughs) So this episode is going out to all you overwhelmed super moms who are really good at taking care of everyone and everything else but themselves, who are very responsible and reliable but get exhausted, resentful, or lost through the process of caring for your family. Today, I want to talk to all of you moms about what to do when your kids are driving you crazy. You know, it's really easy for us to find ourselves in the land of crazy because we're so devoted to doing everything right and doing a good job as a mom. And we have these kids who are not at all devoted to doing everything right in any way. In fact, their job is to push boundaries, to make mistakes, and assert their sense of independence separate from ours. There are so many things that can drive parents crazy, like something that used to drive me absolutely crazy when my daughter was young. And to be honest, it hasn't changed much. (laughs) I would always have to make her something separate from what I made for dinner that night. Now, do you see how I said I would have to? The word have to? I really didn't have to. I chose to. She never wanted to eat what I cooked. She wanted the processed food, the macaroni and cheese, the chicken nuggets, the pizza. Or here's another one. My oldest daughter leaving her coffee mugs in her room after days of them just sitting there with leftover coffee still in them, piling up on her dresser. It's disgusting. And I refuse to pick up after her. There are so many different things that can drive us crazy when it comes to our kids. And let me tell you, that's one of them. (laughs) So let's use a common example that I've heard many parents talk about. Their child playing too many video games. What I want you to think about is, where are your kids really driving you out of your mind right now? Maybe your son or daughter doesn't take school seriously. Or maybe they keep getting in trouble at school. Use something like that wherever you find yourself really banging your head against the wall, because we are going to take whatever it is that frustrates you and use it as an example today. So I will help you figure out what to do. When this comes up for my clients, I will ask them, why is it bothering you that your son is playing so many video games? What are you making that mean that he's playing so many video games? They might say things like, he's damaging his brain, or he's being antisocial. Or even playing video games for the amount of hours that he plays isn't healthy. But then it couldn't really be argued because he is being social. He's playing with his friends online and we watch TV and that doesn't damage our brains. 
Well, it all depends on what you're watching, like the news. <laughs> anyway, when we really start to question our thoughts, what really is bothering us is when our kids are doing something that we don't like, that it makes us feel like we're not a good mom or dad. Because he's playing so many video games, we start to doubt and question if we're doing enough as a parent. That is really what triggers us. Not that he's actually doing what he's doing. We are making his action mean something about us. It's not really about them. It's about our beliefs and how we think it makes us look and definitely how it makes us feel. So what I want you all to do is to write down what your definition of a good parent is, what a good mom is, or if you're a dad listening, what a good dad is. And I want you to write it all out on paper. What you're going to notice is that there's a lot of perfection thinking in there, in your mind, and you will be able to see it all down on paper. There are going to be beliefs in there like a good parent would never yell at their kids. It won't say a good parent yells at their kids here and there. It's very black and white thinking. So take out a piece of paper and ask yourself, how do you know when you're being a good mom or a dad? How do you know when you are being a good parent? I want you to answer that question for me. There are going to be things that you have control over, like whether you yell or hit your kids or when you're patient and kind. That's how you know you're a good parent or whether you provide a peaceful, warm, comforting home and you provide them with clothes and food. There are going to be thoughts of yours in there that you have control over. But I have a very strong feeling that there are also going to be things in your definition of what a good parent does that are really more about your kids. A good parent would have children who listen to them and respect the rules of the house. A good parent would have their children follow through to the end with an activity or playing an instrument even when it gets hard or when they want to drop out. A good parent would have kids who bathe regularly and wash their hands after using the bathroom, who brush their teeth and brush their hair. A good parent would have kids who take school seriously, who get good grades, that do their homework and try hard. A good parent would have kids who are well-liked by their peers and make friends easily. A good parent would have kids that don't talk back, that are respectful toward others, and that don't burp at the table. <laughs> there are going to be so many things on that piece of paper that you don't have any control over, that your child has full control over. You see, this is what happens. We put our identity, our ego, and our ability to believe that we're a good parent in the hands of our children. So you want to look at where do you get triggered? Chances are it's going to be in there. Now, a good parent would provide healthy home-cooked meals for their family. And then when your kids want to eat processed foods, it doesn't just feel like a small deal. It feels like a really big deal, right? They need to eat healthy food. Get it all down. Write it out on paper. Look at where you are getting triggered. Also, I want you to look at where you're judgmental of other parents. You can even think back to when you were pregnant or had little kids and you saw those bratty kids at the park. I know you all saw them and thought to yourself, I'm never going to let my kids act like that in public. Or I will never let my child dress that way. I want you to go there. Those are the kind of details that you want to write down. Think about where you find yourself judging others negatively 
but also positively. Other moms that you admire and go, oh, wow, look at what she does. I really admire the way she handled that situation. Or I like the way she talks to her kids. Whatever it is, notice what you admire and notice where you're judgmental. Then take a look in your rear view mirror to what your mom was like when you were a kid. Think about those things, the things that she did that you enjoyed. Our moms tend to form our beliefs of what we should do as a parent. If your mom always kept a clean house and had dinner on the table every night for the family, you might feel a good parent should do that as well. There also might be things that you enjoyed that your mom or dad always did. Maybe they made a big deal about, like Halloween costumes and handmade them and sewed them. And so you have this idea that a good mom or a good parent should do the same things. That's what good parents do. You also want to take a look at what your mom did that you didn't like. I definitely remember saying to myself years ago, when I'm a parent, I'm never going to act like this. I'm never going to do what my mom just did. I'm definitely going to do it differently. I have one client who her mom didn't have her follow through with playing an instrument. She decided when she was young that it started to get difficult and that she didn't want to play anymore. So she told her mom and her mother let her quit. My client now has the belief that her children have to continue playing and aren't allowed to give up. They need to follow through because that is what a good mom does. Her daughter isn't her. Her daughter has her daughter has different desires. We wind up forcing our beliefs on our children, not letting them be themselves, thinking that we know what is best for them all of the time when we really don't. They are not us. They are who they are. And we try and shove them into this box of how we think they should be. We are trying to put a square peg into a round hole. It doesn't work. And then we wonder why our children wind up in counseling or distancing themselves from us. We do it to ourselves by trying to manipulate them into who we are. So these are really good things to take a look at to see what has helped you form this definition of what a good parent is. Certainly, a lot comes through social media, what we read in articles, in books, and just through our family and friends and our peers. It's just like the book of rules that I did an episode on. If you haven't listened to that episode, it's episode 57, Relationships and Our Book of Rules. It's really good. Go back and listen to it. When you have a book of rules for someone and you let your emotions of feeling happiness Anger or sadness depend on whether they are obeying your rules. By writing it down, you can see what's controlling your emotions. After you write down your definition of what a good parent is, I then want you to take a neutral circumstance. Remember what a neutral circumstance is. It's a fact proven in a court of law that everyone would agree on. Think about something that's bothering you right now. And let's just use an example of my daughter's always on her phone. We want to make that into a neutral circumstance. You could say, my daughter has a phone, and you could say it's very factual, that she's on it eight hours a day. That might be a a bit heavy. It might not have that neutral feeling. You want to make sure it's really neutral emotionally and move it to something like, my daughter has a phone and she uses it to communicate with her friends. Can you feel how that one feels more neutral? 
So you're going to find a very neutral circumstance and then you're going to ask yourself, how do I want to feel about the fact that my daughter has a phone and uses it to communicate with her friends? This is where you get your power. This is what you have control over. How do I want to feel about this fact? You might say, well, I want to feel accepting. You might think, well, I want to feel accepting because kids today, this is just how they communicate and there's nothing I can do about it. If she didn't have a phone, she wouldn't be able to socialize at all and she wouldn't be able to contact me if she ever needed to. I just have to surrender and let her do it. You want to pay attention to how that feels because if there isn't a feeling of freedom and liberation, then you're in more of a giving up and not accepting feeling. Acceptance is always going to have a feeling of freedom to it. You want to really let your emotions be your guide here, which I have said many times, pay attention to your emotions and let them guide you. Let's say accepting isn't working and your daughter's on her phone all the time and you say, I want to feel capable. I want to feel empowered. I want to feel calm. Remember, you get to choose how you want to feel about this fact. When we can find an emotion that helps us to find our calm, confident energy, we will always parent from a better place. For example, let's say you're frustrated. Your daughter's always on her phone. It's driving you crazy. You're yelling at her. You're taking it away. We tend to either go into being overly lenient and carefree or overly authoritative. And sometimes we will bounce back and forth between both, which is why we feel crazy all the time and why our kids don't happen to trust us as their dependable leader for them. We'll either say things like, fine, use your cell phone. Whatever you want, I really don't care. Damage your mind since that's all you do anyway. But we really do care. We really have an opinion. We're just so tired of fighting with them that we give up and go overly carefree, way too lax. Or we tend to go into being overly authoritative, which we start making a lot of rules and many boundaries with saying no phones after 9 p.m. and no phones at the dinner table. And actually, I'm just going to take your phone away. Actually, I'm going to take your car away as well just because I can. We start coming up with all these different rules, which can be extreme, but it's hard for us to keep up with them. When we make them, we're grounded in insecurity. We're believing we're not being a good parent. And so our kid senses that and doesn't trust us as a strong leader. They might listen to us for a day or even a week, but they know eventually we will settle back into our old ways. When you can find your calm, confident energy, you can always take actions that are more likely to have a good response from your children. If you think to yourself, I want to feel calm about the fact that my daughter is on her phone and uses it to communicate with her friends, then you might be able to set a boundary. Hey, no phones after 9 p.m. When we come to the dinner table, we're all going to put our phones in the basket and nobody's going to look at it for 30 minutes. It's something that's very easy for you to follow through with and you feel very confident so you do wind up following through with it. Your daughter, she might push back in the beginning and test you to see if you really mean what you're saying but eventually she'll settle in because she can sense the energy of where you're coming from. So when your kids are driving you crazy, you want to write down a definition of a good parent. Then you're going to create a neutral circumstance, think about how you want to feel about that circumstance, and then find a thought that helps you feel that way. 
If you're not sure what kind of a thought you can find, look at other areas of your life where you are feeling confident and in control as a parent. We all have some area where we can handle things really well. Maybe you're really good at following the rules of being a safe driver and your kids are always in their seats knowing that they have to put their seatbelt on. They never argue with you about it because that one time that they did unbuckle, you said to them, oh, we're going to unbuckle? I'll just pull over and I'll wait for you to buckle your seatbelt. There's just no negative energy there because you were just very confident and calm in that area and they know this and they know not to push it. Does that make sense? There's going to be an area in your life where you have some confidence and control in and you could borrow that thought there. Like my children always shower regularly. What is your thought that you have around bathing that makes that such an easy thing for you? Think about what you use there and then bring it in to the other areas of your life where your kids are pushing back on you. When you can stay in your own emotional adulthood and take responsibility for how you feel, your kids will learn to do the same. It's the greatest thing to get to watch because the number one way kids learn is by imitating their parents. When you start taking responsibility for this and how you want to feel and that these are the circumstances happening, you can decide how you want to handle it and staying in your own business. It's just so empowering. And you will find that from this calm, confident energy, your kids will listen to you. When our children are babies, everything they do is our responsibility. Whether they cry, they poop, what they eat, it's 100% our business and our responsibility. Then every year it gets less and less. By the time they're four, what they eat might be that we get to decide whether we give them healthy food or what food we provide for them, but they decide whether they're going to eat it or not. Learning where to let go with them and where to keep pressing, those, my friends, are really challenging situations for parents. When kids start kindergarten, I would say schoolwork is maybe 85% parents' responsibility. By the time they get up to high school, it's like 10%. The teenagers are responsible for 90% of whether they study, how they learn, where they do their schoolwork. It's a very gray area. There isn't a fine line for us to know when we should let go, let them figure it out and solve their own problems, make their own mistakes, or when we would step in and help them figure things out. There are a lot of challenges in parenting. But every stage is such a fulfilling time that I believe finding the most joy in parenting that we possibly can is worth doing the work and learning the lessons. I think this time in our lives is so special and so precious when we're parenting that we should enjoy it and get the most out of parenting that we can. Our children are our greatest teachers. They show us the parts of our lives where we still feel unworthy and insecure and where we need to do the work within ourselves. We still believe that we're not worthy of being listened to. When kids are reflecting that back to us, that's just showing us that this is where we have our work to do, where we get to believe I'm a good parent because I want to believe that and I'm going to take full responsibility for that. When I put my identity and my belief that I'm a good mom into the hands of a hormonal teenager, I'm never going to get a good result. Or if I put my belief of my own worthiness in the hands of a child whose mission in life is to be independent from me and have her own will, 
then I'm going to lose there too. When we take charge and we say, I'm going to believe I'm a good parent and this is how I'm going to do it, then we win and our kids win too because they learn how to do it from our example. Hey, if you enjoy listening to this podcast, you have to come check out the Life Coach Academy and join my life certification program where we take all this material and we apply it. We take it to the next level and we study it. Join me over at thelifecoach.academy. I'd love to have you join me in our certification course. That's www.thelifecoach.academy. Thank you all for listening to The Manifesting Formula and thank you for spreading the word. If you have any questions about today's episode, you can reach me in the show notes. If you haven't already left me a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, what are you waiting for, my friends? It only takes a few minutes to do and it will help others want to listen as well. The more positive reviews, the better. Have a beautiful day wherever you are in the world, sending you all so much love, peace, and abundance. And if no one has told you today, I love you. See you next week. Bye. My friends, have you signed up for the new course that I released, Five Steps to Attracting Whatever You Want? If you haven't already, you should. There is so much amazing content and the value of this course is incredible. Once you sign up, you can take the course at your own pace and there's no time limit to how long the course is yours. It's yours forever. So that means you can go back to it as often as you like as a refresher to keep reminding yourself what you need to practice. There are six modules with 42 lessons. There's a lot of amazing content for you, videos, worksheets, and fun assignments. So my friends, if you haven't signed up, do it. You'll be so happy you did. Just go to www.thelifecoach.academy and click on the course to start today. If you enjoy listening to this podcast, you have to come check out the Life Coach Academy and join my life certification program where we take all this material and we apply it. We take it to the next level and we study it. Join me over at thelifecoach.academy. I'd love to have you join me in our coach certification course. Our certification course is hands down one of the best certification courses out there. Just head on over to our website, www.thelifecoach.academy. What you are going to learn is going to blow your mind.